All right, it is that time of the week. We are back with our top 10 list entering the 2024 season. This week, we're going to discuss the third baseman. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan Campione, Nico Fernandez, James Tausig, and Henry Kalani. As always, guys, this is a pretty stacked but also top-heavy position. How are we feeling? Good. I mean, I don't know. I felt like it was easier than I thought at the top. I, I didn't expect what I had at the top to be there. but And then as it got down, it got a little bit more difficult. Well, let's do talk about the top. And three out of the four of us have the same person that is jose ramirez at the top of my list james's list and nico's list and henry you're all alone with austin riley at your number one so henry i let you start the discussion because you're on the island on your own and then the three of us will attack you for not having jose ramirez at number one so state the case for the atlanta brave i mean this i feel like i say this at least once once a list this isn't me not saying that like Ramirez isn't deserving of like a number one spot, right? There's so many. There, I think we were talking about this before. Like the top four dudes could all be number one and sort of like the first base position. But Austin Riley had, I would, it definitely wasn't underrated year. Nothing about what the Braves did last year was underrated. He had a really incredible year. He played better defense than people thought he did, um, and he was. And you could argue that. He had more protection in the lineup and it allowed him to perform a little bit better than J Ram was able to. But um, Austin Riley had an incredible year last year, and yeah, when I when I looked at when I looked at the numbers for it, I was like, okay. And projecting to twenty twenty four, I think Austin Riley will will be the best in baseball. And I will say that. All three of us do have Austin Riley in our number two spot. Almost worked out perfectly. So it's not like we're dissing Austin Riley here. But Nico, if you want to say why Jose Ramirez is your number one. Yeah, I mean, I truly think that going into 2024, any of like the top eight guys could be the best third baseman in the league. Could have the best like season. Because, I mean, up until like he got hurt, Josh Jung was probably was one of the best third basemen in baseball. And then he got hurt and he kind of like fell off a little bit. So I really was like, okay, my number one is going to be whoever I know for sure is going to be a top three third baseman is going to be my number one. And I think that there's no shot that like Jose Ramirez doesn't. Guys had an 800, like over an 830 OPS, like for the last seven years. I mean, the guy's just the epitome of an elite third baseman consistently. He's just underappreciated because he plays in Cleveland where they have a total of like 13 fans and they've only shown up for like when they lost in the World Series. But he is so underappreciated for how consistent and for how consistently above average he is. Like, he is elite every single year. You're consistently getting an elite third baseman. And out of every single third baseman in the league, I know that with Jose Ramirez, I will be getting an elite third baseman next year for sure. I think we also mentioned on the episode two nights ago when we talked about what we want the Cleveland Guardians to get for Christmas. And I said a 40 home run season out of Jose Ramirez, which I think if I made that statement, if he had 40 homers this year and was as consistent as he usually is with the bat with everything else, let's say for sure at least top three, if not top one for third baseman in baseball. James, anything to add on those top two, J-Ram, Riley, and how you ordered them? Yeah, I just think Jose Ramirez's ability to run 
and his his really good defense uh, gives him a slight edge of O'Reilly. I like it. So then we've got this sort of not middle class because there's still MVP potential candidates, but it's definitely the three through six as opposed to those top one to two guys. And that's where we get to the Arenados, Manny Machado, Alex Bregman, Rafael Devers, Gunnar Henderson type group. And let's go back to Henry. You ordered them. Machado's actually your number two over Jose Ramirez. So get to Manny Machado first. Manny Machado was the sole bright spot of that Padres season. That was a hard team to watch, except for when Manny Machado was on the field. He's 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 just Manny on defense, right? Like that's it feels like that's never going to change, even as he ages and slows down. And he's been quietly putting up MVP type offensive numbers for the past two to three years. Um, it's sort of and. The re- sort of the reason why I put Devers higher was just because this like top class played defense extremely well, and Manny's Manny's sort of who you think of when you think of great defensive third baseman in the game right now. Him and Nolan. Nico, you finally get to talk about a Boston Red Sox as we get to these top ten lists. As I know, you took a couple weeks off. There was no catcher. There was no second baseman, but. Rafael Devers is not just on this list. He's making a big impression on this list. Yeah, I think Devers has a clear blueprint of being a top three third baseman. And it's exactly what the guy who was next to him, Xander Bogarts, was for years. All he has to do is make the plays right in front of him and rake, and he will be a top three third baseman. He does the first, the second part extremely well. The guy had an 850 OPS this year, and like quietly, everyone thought that he was like, ah, he's not having as good of a year. And then you just looked up, and the guy had an 850 OPS with 30 plus bombs. I mean, like, he is very, he's an elite hitter. I think that he's elite and, and probably at the top end compared to all these guys. All he has to do this year is literally just all the balls in front of him. If he catches, they'll be like, oh, but at least he makes the plays in front of him. And that'll be good enough to put it up against guys like Arenado Machado. I think that he's going to be able to do that because for some reason, if I saw Xander be able to improve over the course of the years and just be able to make the the routine plays, that's the big thing with him is that if he's as bad as he's been the last few years defensively, I think that some of the guys are just going to be able to hit comparable to him and he'll be up there but i think if he just could be like a average level defender then he'll easily be a top three um third baseman because he just hits at such an elite level james what's the confidence level in nolan arenado entering the season because i know he's one of the older guys on the list but he is still that perennial gold glove candidate yeah i mean the defense has obviously wavered uh you know as as a father time continues to catch up with nolan arenado um, but you just have to believe that, you know, a bounce-back season is in him, um, and this Cardinals team will turn it around next season. Uh, I think Nolan Arnado has another 30-home run season uh, in him again next season. Um, you know, the position only continues to get younger. Guys like Key Brian Hayes continue to play fantastic defense, and it makes that gold glove award a little bit harder to win uh, in the National League. Um, but, yeah, I don't see why Nolan Arnado couldn't have an 850-900 OPS season. Um and, and look like uh, the Nolan Arnado of the last nine years before this past season. I like it. I think it goes along with that sentiment that Nico was talking about. Inconsistency and what player do I know is most likely to get a top three total in this position? And that's why I had Arnado at three. And maybe that's a little too high because the upside on other players is definitely higher than Arenado. But I think the floor on him 
2023. I don't think it's going to get much worse, knocking on wood, that his 775 OPS and his gold glove is a considered, quote-unquote, down season for him. I will 100% sign up for that to be my third baseman in a top 10 list, especially considering if the Cardinals struggle, maybe he goes to a better offensive team at the trade deadline. I don't know where that could be, but you put him in a pennant race, you reinvigorate his spirit for baseball. He's probably one of the only players, in fact, probably is the only player on this list that would potentially get traded at the trade deadline this year. So give me Nolan Arenado in a pennant chase as my top three third baseman. But there's another third base now that I look at the list that has been in trade talks recently. I don't think he actually gets traded, but that's Alex Bregman. Everyone had him on their list, shout out. But it's in that seven to eight range. I think I had him at highest at five, but I could be conflated to go down with him. Good third baseman, don't get us wrong, but he's just below the upper echelon if anyone has anything else to throw in on Bregman. I mean, the thing with Bregman is just there's so many. This is where you get to the ceiling argument. Like, I was struggling a lot between Gunner and Bregman. And the simple thing that persuaded me is, yes, Gunner's only done it for one year. But I think that Gunner's ceiling is honestly being number one. I think that Bregman at his best year won't be the number one third baseman in baseball. And I think that's kind of what's going to limit him. I think that a lot of people, they see him, they say he's a good third baseman. But I think when you compare him to the other guys like Machado, Nato, Devers, Riley, Ramirez, you see these guys like these are the elite third basemen. Bregman, I don't think, has the ceiling of those guys of being elite. I think he's just a very good third baseman, but at his peak, he won't be what these guys are. Yeah, I agree. Bregman's a one-year merchant. Uh, that one-year, <laughs> 40 home runs uh, in the juice ball season. Everyone thought that Alex Bregman was this superstar, uh, you know, Blah blah blah. Um, he hasn't even eclipsed. I really don't think he's eclipsed thirty since then. Um, he's a two fifty hitter every year. People always make this excuse that he's a second half hitter. He hits two twenty in the first half, then like two seventy in the second half, and people think that like just because he's played ninety five playoff games and hits a home run like once every blue moon, he's like an elite baseball player. He's really not. He plays subpar defense. I mean, he's a league average hitter uh, almost every season. Um, the only reason his OPS plus is even above average is because he plays in minute mid, um, and he hits the middle of their order no matter uh, no matter if he's slumping or not. So, um, I don't know. I, I I think Bregman's good, but he I agree his his ceiling is like number four on the list every season. Speaking of ceilings, what do we do with Gunnar Henderson? Because there's an argument to be made that at the end of this season, he's the number one. And in theory, these are predictions for who we think is going to do the best in 2024. So there's no real right answer in that you could make the argument like I did in that, hey, I know what I'm going to get out of those top six perennial all-star guys. So I'm going to put Gunner at seven for now. But there's also not a wrong answer. And then we'll get to him in a second. David put him as high as number two on the list. So Henry, your thoughts on Gunner and how you ended up dealing with him? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of tricky to, you're not really sort of tricky to figure out where you want to put him, but I'm just going to lean in and believe the hype, right? Like, the Orioles didn't have the best end to the season, right? Losing to the uh, Rangers in three straight games, but Gunner had an incredible year. And, and, 
with him playing third, right, I think he's going to – like, this entire year we're going to really see this Orioles team. Like, if they began to come together two years ago, they've continued that. With with the addition of Jackson Holiday, I think this team will be fully – will fully come together, and that will only help Gunner not only at the dish, but also in the field, right? Like, this team has a lot of chemistry. They enjoy playing with each other. I, I believe the hype when it comes to Gunnar Henderson, and I think he's only going to – not only only going to get better, but I think he's going to make leaps and bounds above some of these other guys, especially in his young age. Nico? Yeah, everything you said I completely agree with. It's just as simple to me as, like, it's a matter of when he's going to be a top three third baseman in this league, not a matter of if. I think that it's just – how long is it going to take them to eclipse your Machados, your Nolan Arenados, and, like, have that year? And it's honestly just, like, a guessing game. Like, oh, do you think it's going to be this year? Do you think it's going to be in 2025? Do you think it's going to be in 2026? Like, I personally, the only reason I'm having him at six is because I just don't think it's going to be next year. But if you tell me in 2025 he's going to be, it's, like, one of those things where I don't want to guess. And, yeah, like, I'm just going to be late on it. And, like, I'm going to have him at number six, and then it's going to happen. He's going to have, like, an MVP year, and I'll be like, damn, I had him at six when he was, like, third in MVP voting. But again, Gunnar Henderson could legit be, if someone put him number one, I honestly, like I'd say I personally disagree, but there's a, there's a very solid chance he's the best third baseman in baseball this year. So James, what's the difference then between a guy like Gunnar Henderson, who I believe you had pretty high on your list at number six in comparison to someone like Josh Jung, who had a really good year last year as well. And you could buy into the hype, but you had him down at nine. Yeah, I think I think Young uh, post injury really kind of moved me down, uh, moved him down my list. Um, and then I also think his defense is a little bit more suspect uh, than Gunnar Henderson's. Uh, that's really the way I saw the two. Um, I also think Henderson deserves a little bit of a boost for being able to pull up the offensive stats he did uh, in a park like Camden Yards, where it's very hard to hit the ball out to left field, uh, left center field, even at that, uh, and you have a very large wall and right um and yeah i think we have to factor in that he was uh rookie of the year in the american league so when we took all when i took all those factors into account uh i think henderson just has a bit of a head start on young uh when, when they both look to climb my list for 2025 i like it so that is the point where all of us had the same those eight guys on our list. And then we get to the nine and 10 spots. Some of our instances, the eight and 10 spots where it really got interesting in that you could go the old route and you could take some veterans like I did, or you can take some younger guys that you're buying into, or you can go and Henry, I'll start with you sort of that middle route in that you took two guys from the middle class of the third baseman who have been probably in that nine to 15 range for the last decade. And are pranking on them still doing the same thing. And that is you put Jimer Candelario at number nine and Matt Chapman at number 10. So your thought process on those two and how they made it. Yeah, I'm a board Matt Chapman hater. But at the same time, I think not only is he going to find himself, uh, I'm not sure where he's going to go, but I, the, with the limited amount of teams that are still looking for his services, I think he's going to find a place that slots him in nicely. He plays very good defense. He plays he, – he hits the ball well enough, right? And that's sort of why I put him at 10. With Jamer Candelario, though, I've just sort of – I've decided that even though he's older, right, like it feels like his name just started popping up as one of like those like really great 
great players in the league, but he's like 32. Um, so I I just decided that with him going to the Reds, right, with him going to Great American Ballpark, he's going to be able to put up even better offensive numbers than we've seen. And we'll be able to play serviceable defense wherever he ends up in the infield, right? Like he's on our third baseman's list, but he's going to mix up in the in the corners and just play serviceable defense there. And I think that the park factor is definitely going to help him put up some um, put up some pretty monster offensive numbers. I like it. My only worry with uh, Candelario is the playing time, and that they have Spencer Steer, they have Christian Encarnacion Strand, Jonathan India is now going to be bouncing around. So I could definitely see it all of a sudden becoming a matchups type thing where he doesn't play against lefties because they have all those guys. And then the question will be, does he get enough at bats to qualify? But I think on a per rate basis, as well as in that small ballpark, I really like this one. Nico, you also had Matt Chapman on your list. So if you want to dabble a little bit there too, as well, you can, but I'm really interested in your number 10 is the newly Arizona Diamondbacks third baseman, Eugenio Suarez. I mean, yeah, Matt Chapman's what everyone expects to reason. He's in the top 10 elite defender, just at like the upper level. And if he's a average to above average hitter, that's just a bonus. And just, he's so elite defensively that he kind of has to find a way on this list. Cause we've seen him be an above average offensive hitter. So for me, that's why he slides in that number nine. Eugenio Suarez is interesting because I'm not very big on one dimensional guys. And I don't know, like for him, I just found a way to sneak him in because I like him setting up in the middle of the diamondbacks order. I think that there's a chance that we see like a Reds type season where he just comes back and hits like 40 bombs and hits 220. And to be honest with like the bottom of this list, if he hits 40 bombs with 220, like we give a lot of love to Kyle Schwarber. And for when he does that, if Eugenio Suarez does the same thing, in my opinion, he's a top 10 third baseman. I think he plays average to above average defense. And combined with him being a one-dimensional Kyle Schwarber type, if he does that for the Diamondbacks, I think he'll be a top 10, maybe obviously the bottom, because you have the guys who can do that at a way better rate at the top. But definitely at the bottom, if he can be just Kyle Schwarber at third base, he's a top 10 third baseman. James, you took the top and the bottom of the age perspective on the top 10 third baseman with Max Muncy and Cabrian Hayes making up the bottom of your list. Yes, I'm a key Brian Hayes stand. Um, <laughs> not even an argument. He's the best defender in any position in the National League. Fernando Tatis stole his Pat Platinum glove this plot past season. Uh, Hayes is the premier defender at third base as well. Um, I think he'll start an Arenado stretch uh, of winning the gold glove at the position uh, for the next five to six years. Um, he's just incredible. Um, with that being said, his offense has continued to, you know, steadily get better uh, year in and year out, uh, having his best offensive season to date this past season. Uh, I think if Hayes can figure out how to swing it uh, a little bit better, you know, this next season, I could move him up a couple more spots. Uh, I'd love to try and get him inside my top five uh, if he's able to produce more offensive numbers this season. Nico. Uh, James, real quick, and this is like – I always every year want to put Cabrian Hayes in my top 10. And this year he was legit like my 11 and I just couldn't. What do you think is Cabrian Hayes' ceiling offensively? Because I've always like everyone has like discussed whenever they're talking about him. It's always been like, can the offense click? And when they and I've always thought like they've thought that 850 OPS is a realistic thing. 
are we starting to get to the point where that's maybe not as realistic for him? It's more like if he can just get a clips like that 800 mark or is 850 OPS still something that as he gets into his prime, he may be able to get. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at his numbers, 689, 659 this past season, 762. I mean, a hundred point jump is very significant um, in one season. Uh, you know, he is, this is his age 27 season. Um, I, I, I really don't know. Um, I think if we have, I mean, now that Pittsburgh's starting to look like they're going to start to build around him a little bit more this season. Um, he doesn't strike out a ton. I mean, only, I mean, he had 104 strikeouts this past season. The biggest problem is he doesn't walk. He's had 28 walks last season. Um, I, I don't, I think, I think 850 might be a little bit of a stretch, but I don't see why he couldn't be in the 800 to 825 range. Um, and hit twenty to twenty five homers. I think, I think if we could get to that, then then I could make a case for him to be top five. Uh, but I don't think eight fifty nine hundred is anywhere uh, in his in his player profile. I guess my only big question there is what is the difference between current Cabrian Hayes and mid 2018 Andrelton Simmons, who I think we all loved and was great defensively. I don't think anyone was considering him a top 10 shortstop. And Cabrian, he had a very similar numbers. He had a 750 OPS back-to-back seasons with the Los Angeles Angels in 17 and 18. I don't think I can I can go back to our list if we want to check. Uh, I don't I think like people I, are saying he was a top 10 shortstop. 2015, Andrewton Simmons, I think like it's just exactly like why I asked that question is Andrewton Simmons, I think we all thought like because of his defense, he was just consistently like nine ten because he's just so good defensively my whole thing with cabrian hayes is yeah we can maybe say he's a nine seven through eleven type guy i don't know if his offense will ever get to the point where he can pass some of these guys like your gunner hendersons like your machados your arenados your devers because i just don't think he'll be ever at the point where he can compare to them offensively and we can't wait to see cabrian hayes i guess play in dubai in 2037 that rate so We'll see what happens on that front. But I will say the other guy that has not been mentioned on anyone's list, but he's stuck into mine at number eight. Talking about a pillar of consistency. This guy is, ever since he left the Mets a decade ago, has been a top 10 third baseman. And there's been no exception about it. And that's Justin Turner, who went to Boston. He finally left LA last year and did exactly what you'd expect Justin Turner to do. Played 150 games, 800 OPS, 115 OPS plus, 23 bombs, 100 RBIs. 280 batting average. That's just stock Justin Turner. And I don't think there's any sign that he's going to regress because I think teams are going to perfectly work him in between third base, second base, and DH, maybe even a little bit of first base. But we're considering Justin Turner a third baseman because that's where he's played the majority of his games. So we believe that Justin Turner is a third baseman. So this is the list I had to rank him in. And it makes sense that Justin Turner, at the rate he's been going, deserves to still be on this list until he falls off. He's one of those players that could 2024 be the season that Justin Turner hits 240 and eight bombs and is retiring? Yes. But I think at this point in his career, Justin Turner has earned the respect of staying on the list until he's not on the list. It's almost like the Arenado effect, but to a lesser extent that Arenado deserves to be at the top of the list until he's proven that he isn't. Justin Turner deserves to be on the list until he's not deserving of there anymore. But 
apparently nobody else believes in Justin Turner like I do. I think Nico's holding a little, leaving the Red Sox bias against him, but I believe I mean, like, in Justin Turner. Like, wasn't even a third baseman this year. Like that's the that's the big thing that prevented me from putting him on the list. Is the two things are, I think that he had a kind of a down year the year prior, and I think he got a lot of help by being on the Red Sox. If he leaves the Red Sox, yes, I'm biased. I don't think he's going to get the same offensive help that he did on a team that's consistently a top 10 offensive team that has legit made every single person like mid guy they've signed into like an 800 hitter, Adam Duvall, Hunter Renfro, uh, him, like a lot of guys who have down years. Like if you're like an average player, you go to the Red Sox to be successful. And if you leave, you kind of fall off. So that's the first thing. And second, I just don't know if he's a third baseman, wherever he gets signed to, there's a chance that he's a JD Martinez DH or just a first baseman. Oh, I know there's a team in Queens that could use a third baseman right now. Now that Ronnie Mauricio is out for the season. So that Cancel counts the third baseman. Matthew Potter, the WBC. <laughs> uh, let's go to our analyst. And again, thank you so much to all of our listeners for submitting their hot takes and their lists. And of course, uh, the more hot takes you send, the more likely you are to be featured on an episode. You can send those over to us at SiderTiredPod at gmail.com. We're always reading and love to see some people's great lists on that. But we're going to start off with a classic segment of yay or nay, talking about um, whether we buy these takes or not. And we're going to start off with one that says, Isaac Paredes of the Tampa Bay Rays is a top 10 third baseman, Henry, yay or nay? I think you can make a case for it. I like, obviously, personally, I don't agree. But I, I think especially projecting forward, I think that it's not a ridiculous take. James. Sorry, wait. I think Paredes. Yep. I mean, I. No, I, I don't. I can't make the case for him yet. It's just. No. Nico. I mean, yeah. I just think the thing with like all those like mid-level like Rays players, it's kind of the thought of is this just like the Rays magic that they figure out a guy for a year. And then, like, that year, we all, like, joined the hype train, and then he ends up not being in. Like, Randy Rosarena, we know, is a dude. Like, I think Paredes is more like, okay, he had a good year. They figured him out. He's going to start to wean and not be what he, we saw out this year. How about this Phillies fan projecting that Alec Bohm is a top seven third baseman in Major League Baseball? He says, behind the core six, but Bohm is that number seven. Henry. That's wild. No, no, <laughs> James. Just like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's just so tough for Bone. Bone's consistently gotten better on defense every year. Um, he finally got rid of the yips, he's been able to, to play the third base position at a much, much better rate, I guess. Um, and I mean, the bat continues to progress. Uh, I mean, I think his ceiling is definitely seventh. Uh, will we see more power? Uh, I mean, he's been able to hit for average. Will we see more power? I think that's the difference between top top 10 and not. Nico? Yeah, nay for me. I think that of like, I think every single list, it's like 8 to 15 is really like a ton of guys that like we all agree on that like could be in that range. Maybe this one's more 9 to 15. But I think that on that, he's more towards the 15 than he is the 9. Because I just think that he's the definition of like your today's average third baseman. I agree with James. I think his ceiling could be at the lower end of the top 10, but I don't think with the product that we have of Bohm now, the seventh best third baseman in the league is like, he's not close to that. 
we had a listener submit that La Machine, DJ LeMayhew, works his way back into the top 10. He had him at number nine. I buy this one. I think there's a there's a world that DJ LeMayhew's back to being a 310 hitter and looks solid at Yankee Stadium. Henry, I'll come to you. Yeah, I mean, but that's not really what I'm... I, I'm not asking for DJ LeMayhew to be a top 10 third baseman, right? Like, could he be? Absolutely. But just from the Yankee fans' perspective, like I want, I want improved on base. I want, I want just like a reliable bat, either in, at the in the leadoff spot or in the eight or nine hole to turn to turn it around to the top of the order. But um, if I get too deep into Yankee talks, I think it's not ridiculous <laughs> to say that he'll come into the ten spot by the end of the year, and like, and nobody will bat an eye at that. But he'll definitely need to improve over what was a pretty disastrous twenty twenty three. James, I'll come to you on this one because you're definitely going to get excited by this one. We've got someone that says that the 2024 version of 2022 Albert Pujols in their swan song of a season and truly breaking out will be Josh Donaldson. I, I mean, absolutely not. Uh, I, I don't even think Donaldson deserves to be on a major league roster at this point. Um, if you expect anything better than a sub-220 average and the occasional home run, uh, um, I, I I think you're just straight up delusional. Nico, someone said that Yohan Moncada is going to bounce back and be a top 10 third baseman. I mean, I don't see it. Just because of the some reason of I think everything on the White Sox is going to be awful. Besides <laughs> Luis Robert. So like that's why I think everyone should get traded because I think it's going to be Luis Robert is going to be phenomenal, and then every single other person is going to suck for like the next three years. So maybe if you want one guy that gets traded, I could see it. But as long as he's on the White Sox, nothing good's going to happen out of the White Sox besides Luis Robert. <laughs> one name that nobody submitted, but I still think we should bring him up because not too long ago he was a probably in that upper echelon MVP type category of third baseman. And that's Anthony Rendon who has struggled to say the least as a member of the angel on or off the field. Are we just done with him? Yes. He ruined, he ruined Otani's tenure with the angels. I mean, like we talked about last episode about how the angels need a do over on Otani for Christmas. Like that is the reason why, because that was terrible. He went, he had like a good year, and they won the World Series that year, and everyone was like, oh, my God, Rendon's amazing. And then he sucked ever since when he went to the Angels. Terrible. Hate that guy. Hope he retires right now because he broke his <laughs> James, Henry, anything, or are we, we good with that? No, I guess sucks. Yeah, I guess terrible. All right, the last one, and this is purely me just wanting to hear everyone's opinion on whether I should just DFA this guy or not. Rep 80? No. No. Awful? Nothing? Yes. All right. If you can hear the car horn in the background, I think they agree as well that Rep 80 is not a good third baseman. But let's get to the list that everyone's been waiting for. David Halpert and his top 10 third baseman in Major League Baseball. And he's got some hot takes again. We love when David brings this fire back. And number one is Austin Riley. Solid. Number two... Gunnar Henderson making his way all the way up at number two on this list. Number three, Jose Ramirez. Number four, you thought Gunnar was hot. Josh Jung is the number four third baseman, according to David. Big breakout season. Five is Rafael Devers. Six is Isaac Paredes making his way all the way up there. 
Seven is Alex Bregman. Eight is Miami Marlins third baseman Jake Berger. Number nine is Colorado Rockies third baseman Ryan McMahon making his way onto the list. And number 10 is Pittsburgh Pirates Ryan Hayes, which means that, sorry, Manny Machado, you're not on the list. And the Wait, peanut gallery is silent. I think you, I think you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nolan Arenado also did not make the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that one's bad, but keep, keep talking. I'm going to see, did you forget Manny Machado on the list that you sent out? I think you might have. No, I did not. Manny Machado is on the, Henry's now challenging. No, right there, in between J.D. Davis and Matt Chapman, we got. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there he is. I was, I was trying to defend him. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see him at first either. Henry tried to give a benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, no. I mean, no the, the thing is, like, I don't hate the first three. Like, even though, like, I personally disagree. Like, again, we talked about it. I think that Gunner, like, has the ability to be the second best third baseman in baseball and have that type of year. It, it's when he hits number four that <laughs> it's like, oh, Josh Jung is going to be number four. And you're like, eh, he's not. It, it really goes downhill from there. Like, it really just does. Like, like Nato and Machado not being on the list is out. Is it just a sin? It's just like a sin, like terrible. Like, what do you, like you don't buy the 45 home run season out of Ryan Command over Manny Machado. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't buy that Ryan McMahon will have a better year than Nolan Arenado. I know that that's a hot take. And I just have to stick to my guns. Uh, I'll say it. Ryan McMahon will not have a better year than Nolan Arenado. All fun and games until Jake Berger and Ryan McMahon combined for like 75 homers this year and are really solid at the bottom of David's list. But we will be back next week with the controversial shortstop list. I know I can't wait for the Francisco Lindor argument to occur and why he should be number one. Uh, reality number two i will i will concede Corey seager's above francisco lindor but uh we've got an interesting list there obviously some other players are going to be controversial there on that list as well but uh we also will be taking a little <laughs> bit of a break for a couple days and that enjoy christmas the guys will be taking a couple days off as well we will be back probably wednesday of next week so uh, if you have not yet, this is a perfect opportunity to catch up on some side retired. We had a nice couple Christmas themed episodes this week for you guys, as well as fingers crossed. There's a really cool interview that was released yesterday. If things go to plan, I know, yes, we're recording this earlier in the week. So hopefully that Thursday episode is a great and informative interview for y'all. And of course, enjoy all these great episodes and have a Merry Christmas from us here at Side Retired. So for Dylan, James, Nico, and Henry, unless you guys have anything else to throw in. Good to go. All good. All right. So for us, the side is retired.